As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I went... I went to Silver Lake Flea Market yesterday, and I got this bracelet. Pretty. Silver Lake Flea Market. What's that all about? Um, it's, a, it's a really – actually, it's one of the smaller flea markets in L.A., but I really like it because it's one of the only ones you don't have to pay to get in. Like Rose Bowl was today, which is ginormous. Rose Bowl Flea Market is so huge. It's once a month. But it's like 20 bucks to get in. Really? So you already – are out $20 before you even buy anything. And so I never want to buy anything. I'm just kind of upset the whole time. <laughs> wow. Flea markets are expensive. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was a price for admission. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to flea markets and they were just like open to everybody. I think it's still that way in Georgia. Yeah. I've never heard of somebody paying to go to a certain flea, flea markets. Pr- no, there's definitely some. Yeah. In Georgia that you have to pay to get into, I feel like. Like what? Okay. I, I guess if it's at a stadium. High-end no, flea markets. Just just in general. Just in general, man. It's it's crazy. But keeps you don't have to pay raff. to get in. <laughs> what? You know, keeps out the, keeps out the riffraff. Oh, my gosh. But Silver yeah, Lake you Flea, know. you don't have to pay to get into. Exactly. So it's amazing. That's why it's my yeah, favorite. But you got to deal with the riffraff. So there I is guess that. I only ever go to the riffraff once. <laughs> I guess I'm riffraff. I think we are riffraff. I guess so. I think my neighbors think I'm riffraff. Oh yeah, possibly more in more in that in a minute. <laughs> we do have a story to tell you, and this I think there's going to be a lot of stories in this week's episode of the podcast. You ready to get started? I'm ready. All right, Roll that intro music. <laughs> and wholesome chaos. And chaos. What a day it has been. We have already been unloading, packing the house, pressure washing, ripped out carpet. Back to the office, dealt with dogs, took them to the park, and we're podcasting. Yeah. I've, I've had a day, too. I've had a day, too. I'll bet you have. You're, you have a day, uh, even though you're three hours earlier. I'm sure you've been very up and productive on this busy, busy day. I've been up for like five but and a half hours. Why? Ah, I can get to that later on story time. <laughs> story time? So yeah. who goes first with story time? You go first. You go first. Okay. So this is the ongoing saga and the epic tale of the porch night, Maggie. <laughs> so the porch night, yes, absolutely. We have in our family a suit of armor, a knight in shining armor, oh, which yes. we got from um, my wife Shay's father from his estate, and we inherited that. And we had, had it for many, many years at our home. And it was up kind of like on a balcony um, pedestal kind of thing. So you could see it and look, kind of look up to it. Well, when we moved to the new house, 
we're moving everything. It's like moving day. There's all kinds of craziness going on with furniture and dressers and beds and everything. And the night kind of got set off to the side on our porch, on our front porch, uh, up against the brick of the house. And we moved in everything else. And then we looked at the night and we're like, hey, that looks pretty good there. <laughs> and decided to just kind of leave it there and see what happened. Yeah, fully expecting we were going to get... Well, it was a test, right? Yes. It was a test <laughs> yeah, to see, like... I feel like that would not fly with your neighborhood guidelines. Your neighborhood seems a little uptight. <laughs> well, Brightwater, we wouldn't have been able to do it either. Brightwater very specifically says no... All right, and now, and now our old neighborhood <laughs> is out there. <laughs> Ties have been well, cut. But we moved. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Remember... Never mind, go ahead. Yeah, so... I don't know. I was still hopeful that the that the porch night might survive because he looked really good there and kind of blended into the brick. There's the whole theme, you know, every man's home is his castle. Right. And so this was our castle and he's kind of guarding oh out, gosh. you know, guarding the guarding the porch and guarding the house. And then we had two lights. There's one right in front of the door that you flick and that lights it up. And then there's one that lights up kind of like down the porch and directly over the night. <laughs> and so we started calling that the night light. Because you light the night with the light. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And so everything's going well. Um, and we meet a couple of our neighbors. They don't say anything. We've got some friends coming over. They, you know, they comment or whatever. But I'm thinking, like, this might survive. Well, we got a letter in the mail yesterday mm-hmm. from our, not even our homeowners association, but from the management company that's retained by our homeowners association on their behalf, you know, telling me I am. I am out of compliance. <laughs> I am. We are out of compliance with our neighborhood guidelines. And, you yep. know, and it's just basically said cease and desist. There was actually this line in there that said, um, we expect that you will be a good neighbor and just take care of this directly. <laughs> oh, my well, gosh. no, we fully expected to get yeah, this, Yeah, but it's, it's still. And it was fine. It was fine. Uh, the letter's but, fine. But what's more confusing was that about a month ago, we get an email from the HOA and it all it is, it's a cut and paste of one of the guidelines that says no signs can be in the yard. You cannot have a sign unless it's, you know, for a game or something like that, whatever, school thing. And that can only be like two days or whatever. It was minimal. But it was specifically only about signs. And I, and cause, and I was like... And it well, looked I'm, like it might have been to everyone because it didn't have anything specifically to address us. It didn't mention the night. But it didn't Night's say... Night's not a sign. It was sent- very... Yeah, it I don't think have it was related. Undisclosed recipients. That's why it was like my email address, okay. and so that's why I was like, "Do you think this is about the night?" And your dad's like, "No, no." So that, I, that's to, to me, everybody. it looked like it was about like political ad campaign signs. Like you know, you don't want to put that in your yard. Yeah, yeah but yeah. The, I and and literally the next couple of days, I'm driving around. Every time I drive through the neighborhood, I'm looking. Like nobody's got signs up. Why are they sending? That's so random. <laughs> yeah. Do you and guys like, think it might that- have been about the night? Do you think that a neighbor, like, reported you guys? I mean, maybe. People drive by us all the time. That's the other thing. You can tell they really stretched to find <laughs> the violation because the what, the what the term they used was um, temporary structure. Structures. It says you no know, structures. There are no temporary structures allowed, a.k.a. Oh. your 
your oh, porch that's easy. night. Just call them back and say, oh, it's not temporary. He's bolted it's, in. welded into the house. <laughs> it's He's part of the infrastructure. <laughs> no, but it's fine. We love this neighborhood. We yes, are going to be good neighbors. And, and like I said, we fully expected that this wasn't going to fly. But I did look through the guidelines and I didn't see anything about that. And I was really surprised because I figured a nice neighborhood, you know, would have, you know, very specific guidelines. But um you Here's guys thing, may though. be fine, but I'm fuming. <laughs> I'm fuming over here in Los Angeles, okay? <laughs> Here's we're gonna, the thing. Now we're going to have him up in the upstairs window looking out and leave the... Leave yeah, the your HOA is lucky I'm not the there. Light. <laughs> that is true. It's been a busy So that summer. is our story. I'm going to put the porch night back during Halloween because I think I could make it fly during Halloween. Yeah, I think we can do Halloween and maybe Christmas. I don't know. We like put some ask. spider webs on him. Put a Santa Claus hat on him and you're good. We're there not you go. We're not trying to cause trouble. I, we were a very, very good, um, uh, what do you call it, neighbors, mm-hmm. but home homeowners in our in our past neighborhood all these many years. So many you people You got in trouble there I, too, though. No, everybody knew me because I'm always so helpful. Like anytime <laughs> anybody sends out an email looking for something, I stop, I dig out the information, or if it's something like people needed tables. All right, do you think it's convenient to, to go get didn't, tables out of storage to loan to somebody? No, but I do that because Didn't we get neighbor. in trouble for growing pumpkins in our front yard? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that wasn't, we didn't plant it there. I know. It just rotted because we never picked up the pumpkin from from Halloween. It rotted rotted into the earth and became its own compost. No, we we ultimately moved most of the pumpkin when it rotted, but we didn't know some of the seeds had gone in there. And and we grew a pumpkin. I was pretty proud of us doing that. That was a pretty pumpkin. The only other time, too, is we had a a big... um, it was was it a, a, a fountain pri- like a, it wasn't a privet but it was a some kind of pampas grass that was covering up the the fire hydrant remember <laughs> oh i don't i don't remember we had that. to remove the pampas grass cuz it was endangering our cul-de-sac oh i did yeah. not know that yeah. but that's because they couldn't but reach all the fire of these hydrant. things are very understandable and reasonable like you can't yeah. be growing like corn stalks in your front yard i think that would know. be so fire if i was driving in a neighborhood and saw like corn that would be insane <laughs> It's fine in the fall and, you know, Thanksgiving, Halloween, whatever, you can get away with it. Yeah, but the but the pumpkin grew and it was like April, <laughs> so there was no way. We, were, gonna, really we cool. were hoping as it grew, we were hoping we should have hit it. I just had an idea. What? I'm going to move move the porch night to other people's porches. <gasps> <laughs> I don't want to leave this neighborhood, honey. I love it there. I absolutely oh, my gosh. Love it. Man, oh, that'd be so funny. May, maybe talk that one out a little bit more. And the I have porch night strikes again. I have a really good place <laughs> that you could actually run those ideas by with like a trained professional who might give you some clarity about it. You know where I'm oh, headed? Do you know? I yeah. think I do. Go for it. <laughs> now, for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Let's say, for example, you're having an identity crisis and you're not sure how you fit in with your, I don't know, local neighborhood or your friends or your families. <laughs> And you're wondering about, like, how am I being perceived, right? And you could spend all your time, like, dwelling on the problems that are coming at you, which could happen, and blow them out of proportion and really into something that has no bearing on reality. (laughs) Or you could focus on solutions. 
and talk with someone to help figure that out. Right, Maggie? Yeah, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in a problem-solving mode when faced with so many challenges in life. But having therapy is such a good outlet to get those problems out there and hear objective opinions and also just formulate your thoughts. It's so much harder for me personally to formulate my thoughts when I have not voiced them out loud. But sometimes you don't feel like you can talk to your friends or your family depending on what certain situation is going on or maybe you just want an objective opinion. And BetterHelp is so wonderful for that. Yes, absolutely. We've personally used it in our family, and we've recommended it to other friends we care about deeply, and that's why we're recommending it to you. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, affordable, and entirely online. So get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wholesome today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Wholesome. Fire. Chari. Trying not to say fire so much. It's insane. It's not my favorite thing. Um, so I heard your story. Would you like to hear mine? I would. Please bring it on. I can't right. wait. I'm in pizz and needles. Let me pins and needles. Pins and needles. <laughs> pins and needles. Let me set the tone here for a second. All right. Picture it. You're in sunny Los Angeles. Mm. It's seven fifteen in the morning, maybe seven twenty. Beautiful. You're lying in bed. Okay. You're fast asleep. You're in REM sleep, mid dream, fully dreaming, and you're a little bit of a overthinker. So your doors are locked when you go to sleep. That may not seem like a super important factor right now, but it's important for later. Okay. I'm with you. In REM sleep, in this dream, you hear a knock at the door. Uh-oh. A knock at your bedroom door mm-hmm. early in the morning. You have no concept of what time it is this morning. All right? Sure. And so I hear a knock at the door, and I hear Jenna, who's my roommate, go, Maggie? And I, I said, yeah? Like, what's up? And she just goes, something's wrong. And so I like immediately jumped up, went to my door, unlocked it. And like she's standing right in front of my door. And she like just takes a step back, kind of inviting me into the living room. And so I'm in the living room and I look over. I don't really have my glasses on. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. And I just see Mitch on the couch. And so I'm like, (laughs) I guys literally... I was in deep sleep 90 seconds ago, and now I'm in my living room. I've been alerted there's a problem, and I see Mitchell on my couch just looking at me. And I, like, Mitchell's one of my, like, best friends out here just for the story of this. Yeah. And my face is, like, so dead. Like, I uh, I was alerted that I looked so upset (laughs) because I was like, why am I here? And then I look over, and Jenna's door opens, and Blythe walks out. (gasps) And so Blythe surprised me back in L.A. She flew in. She got in at like 5 a.m. Mitchell and and Jenna both knew. And so (laughs) they decided, I totally get it. Like they didn't have much to do that early, but they decided to wake me up. And I literally, it was so nice to see her. It was such a good reunion. And I I was talking to Mitchell and Blythe because we went and grabbed food after. And I was like, did y'all tell Jenna to go with those words 
of, of waking someone up in the middle of their sleep that something's wrong. And they were like, no, we had no idea she was going to say that. And I was like, yeah, write a script next time. Let's, let's, let's yeah, work, workshop this, this idea a little bit. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, Jenna, why is that what you went with? And like, and so that's how I was woken up this morning. Um, it's so, so funny. And she, Blythe had, Blythe's been gone for about two months. And so she had texted me literally yesterday saying she booked her flight and she'd be home in 20 days or something like that. Uh, 12 days maybe. And so I really was not expecting that. But the other part of it was I did not have my glasses on. So when she walked out, I was still a little confused. <laughs> and so I had to squint for a second. And we yeah, all three. you weren't quite awake either. Yeah, yeah. That's we funny. all Each, Blythe, Jenna, and Mitchell all have recordings of it. None of them are very good. And we were all so tired. But it was crazy because... Once I was up, I was up. And then just going around LA so early, like before 8 a.m., is so nice. Yeah. It I was know. such, it was so, so good. Um, I did only have five hours of sleep, which which is a little unfortunate, but <laughs> but all in all, it was it was a really exciting morning. That's so awesome. That's so funny. Cause I, I was wondering if you that, like this was gonna be a dream. You know, no. that you walk out and Mitchell's on the sofa, like, how, how did he A dream get within here? a dream. Like, yeah, I thought I that too. Yeah. I must meet Blythe next time yes. I'm in LA. Same. Promise me that I will meet Blythe. Yes. If, if you're both in town, absolutely. October. All right. Perfect. Well, we have a couple questions as well today um, that I thought we could get into, if that's okay with you, Maggie. And yeah. um, we could talk about some things in life and- um, about what's going on in our worlds. And, you know, I was thinking about just in general, why we push so hard in some ways to do things that are hard for us and why it's worth it. We can get into that as well, um, possibly, if that is an idea that uh, floats your boat. But this question comes from Michael Persico, who says, Hi, Dan and Maggie. Absolutely love your podcast. Have been listening since episode one. My first question is for Dan. How do I appear more grown up when it comes to my managerial job in school care? I'm 23 years old and most of the parents are twice my age and sometimes they find it hard to take me seriously. What advice would you give me to help them understand that even though I'm young for this role, I've been fully trained, right? And so he's 23 years old. He's in this role as a manager at an after-school care facility um, and Michael, hey, I get it. It's uh, I've been in that role as well. First time I started speaking professionally, I was about your age, and I was on stages in front of corporate ballrooms and boardrooms and uh, you know audiences that were much older than me. And the thought was like, how are these people going to take me seriously? And what I found was a lot of that was in my head. Um, and so I, the way the way through it for me was to basically treat everyone as equal, not, not, not older than you, not younger than you, not better than you or below you in any way, but just to show up full of respect, kindness, curiosity. Uh, and remember, you know, like everything's relative, like 23 is young relative to the parents, maybe not as much to the teachers. I don't know. Then you also kind of have a great advantage being closer to the age of the students perhaps, but you, you can't really change the way that they react uh, you can anticipate it, though, and say that might be 
uh, something that keeps coming at me and just respond, I would suggest with a kind of like a calm confidence and just kind of like understand that they're testing you a little bit just, just to see how you react. Um, a lot of that is the fact that you look pretty young. And uh, part of it is also that you are, even though you're trained for your role, you're still kind of new to the role, right? So there's a difference between training and experience. And so when they push back on your age, what they might be pushing back on is the fact that you don't have a lot of experience in that role yet. And in that respect, they're right. And that's just going to take time. And so you're going to go through that learning curve. But just be open to learning from everybody. Like experience will come in time. Um, and then you can accelerate it a little bit just by being really present and being intentional, looking for mentors, listening, and just kind of approach all those situations like these people aren't really out to challenge me, but maybe they're out to teach me. And so what can you learn from them? What can they learn from you? Um, and just kind of approach it from that respect. You know, um, As a manager in this role, you really are a leader. You know, And leadership's not about like telling people what to do. It's really about uh, communication primarily. That's the, the primary role of a leader is to communicate something extremely clearly with authority to be able to make decisions. And so just maybe start to think about your role like that as how do I be a better communicator to everyone? Um, does that make sense, guys? Yeah and, yeah, and if you can use really big words. Mm-hmm. Use really big words. Wear, wear a tie. <laughs> no. Wear a tie. Yeah, wear a tie. Um, yeah. And, and black-rimmed glasses. Yeah, and pull I your agree. pants up higher. <laughs> really high. Yeah, pull your pants up really high, and it makes you look older. Yeah, I, I think it's important to know that only so much is on you, and mm-hmm. their view of you is ultimately on them. They're, they're going to choose to... You know, and there's there's certain things in your control, but just to remember that it's not necessarily a reflection on you. Like, you do your job well, have respect for yourself and respect for others, um, and if somebody chooses not to, I don't know, it's kind of accept you in that position solely because of your age, that is not on you. No. That is not on you at all. If you are stepping up to the plate and fulfilling your roles, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. I, I do. I do. Like, and do I also think part, that there's, go ahead. yeah, no, I was, I was going to say that's absolutely right. And I was thinking it's at 20 years old, you're often in those rooms and situations and creative meetings and conversations with people who are much older than you. Mm-hmm. They're approaching you because they already know about you and they want to work with you. So that's a little bit of a different dynamic. You may not be like having to impress them, but I bet it feels that way sometimes because we yeah, all want to, we all want to impress sure. people. There's definitely yeah. an, an impressive aspect, but something that really helps me is remembering that those conversations are happening for a reason, re- reason <laughs> that I have something that I can bring to the table that will be beneficial for them as well as for me, um, and kind of focusing more on it as that, as a collaboration, not as a uh, kind of just a show-off competition between the two people to impress, you know? I think it's just cooler to think of it as working together. Yep. Yeah, but you know that what you just described does take some sense of confidence. Yeah, you know, for sure. I think I think I think the the underlying root to so much of communication issues, problems, conflict between human beings is insecurity. It's like somebody's showing up to one of the people at least is showing up to that conversation 
and they doubt themselves. They have their own issue. They have their own baggage they haven't dealt with in some way, and they're trying to become something that they're not or pretend that they're more experienced than they actually are, right? Um, And I think as long as you're honest and stand in your congruence, you're going to be in a good place. Did that make sense, though, what I've said about experience? It's like there's no shortcut for experience. I look back on even though I was confident and capable when I was younger, I handle things now way different than I used to just because I've done it so many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I have... I have conversations now with clients and I remember very clearly initially thinking, I hope I can impress them or listen and ask the right questions so that they don't know that I haven't done this very much, you know? Um, and now it's like, I really do have a great deal of confidence. Yeah, I can help them solve their problems. Listening to what they have to say and then being able to internalize that and let them know what you can do to help. And, and, and he can use that in the same situation, listening to the parents and the, and the kids and, and, under, and letting them know that y- you really have their, in, their kids' interest, best interest at heart. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, maybe sharing little bits of information, positive especially, hopefully. But, um, yeah, let us know how it goes. That's a great point. It's not about you. It's not about the parents. It's about the kids, you know? Yeah, exactly. So if you keep the pur- purpose front and center in your mind, then it should be able to transcend kind of all that other stuff too. Exactly, because if you are making an impact on the kids in a positive way, yep. those parents are going to know. They are going to yep. find out, and they're going to be, like, impressed <laughs> far more than you telling them they should be impressed, yeah. which you wouldn't do anyway. But but congratulations. 23 is a, is a great age, and sounds like you found a really great job, and – you're putting your training to excellent use. So yeah, way to go, Michael. And didn't you say there was another question on there? Yeah, his second question was for you, Maggie, which is relative to something you mentioned on the podcast an episode or so ago. Uh, he said, my second question is for Maggie. As a fellow young person in today's world, how do you find time and get in the habit of reading the Bible each day or morning when you have a busy schedule and when downtime you know, comes, the last thing you do is you want to read, right? Uh, And then he also said, said, thank you both and Shay and Eddie for being so uplifting in every single podcast. God bless and take care, Michael. So, all right. So habits and daily disciplines, including your reading of your, uh, your, your Bible. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not perfect with it. Um, I definitely miss days and miss you know, just things I've planned, they fall through sometimes. And truly life does get busy. I Ideally, I would be up at eight every morning, do quiet time at nine, and then start my day. However, life doesn't always work like that. Um, I think it really just comes down to a matter of priority. I know for me, my, my like soul is better when I put those things in place. And so it's a matter of I guess, yeah, just like discipline of saying, putting my phone down, which again, I don't always do, but I, I try and I'm trying to get better at it. Just putting my phone down for 15, 30 minutes and just spending time away from it and reading the Bible and like quiet time doesn't always have to be reading the Bible. You know, there are definitely days where I'm like the idea of reading right now 
does not <laughs> does not mm-hmm. sound like it's going to be the most beneficial thing to me. And so you get creative with it. You listen to worship music. You spend just time in prayer, downtime. Like there's so many different ways to be spiritual and to connect with God that I I don't usually like to put specific specific parameters on what that time looks like, which is a new thing for me because kind of I I like attended a private Christian school for eight years and from a very early age they like taught us what a quiet time was and how structured it was. So I'm kind of disagreeing with a little bit of that now because I don't think it always has to look the same. Um, and I'm kind of finding that for myself a little bit. But yeah, I think just making it a priority in your life, especially as you get older, a lot of times people's faith comes from their parents or from their upbringing. When you get older, you have to choose it for yourself. And I think that makes it like a million times more special and a million times more yours. Um, And so just making it a priority in your life and saying this is something like I personally do want to read the entire Bible (laughs) if I'm going to. If I'm going to be talking about it, I'd like to know everything that's in it. And so, like, that's something I'm working on. That's a priority to me. Um, yeah. Good job. Are you talk about the, the Bible app? Yeah, I was going to – I thought of that, too. Mom and I did the, the Bible from cover to cover. I, it was so funny. I was at a, um, uh, a wedding of a friend's daughter, Nito Cobain, in High Point, North Carolina, and I just downloaded the Bible app for on Audible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was like, well, it was, the, it was the app, so it wasn't on Audible, but it was an app that can do different reading plans and things like this. And one of them said, read the Bible in a year, right? And it was a year-long plan to read the Bible. And <clears throat> I literally had the thought, well, a year's going to go by. I know how quickly a year goes by. Mm-hmm. As I get older, like, they go by faster and faster and faster. So next year, at this date, at this time, I could have either read the Bible or not read the Bible, yeah, go for it. And so I clicked the button and it was very easy. It kind of puts you in this reading plan where it took you through it and this was your daily deal. Um, and it was it was interesting because, you know, obviously you don't retain everything and it doesn't always go you, chronologically. You can read it cover to cover. You right. can read it chronologically in the order it was written. There's all these, there's all kind of w- different ways to do it. Yeah, because they've got, they've got better ways of doing it than reading from beginning to end. Because right. a lot of the Bible does o- overlap and, it, yeah, different areas are supportive. So if you're an audio listener, that could be another way to go. But well, it's, it wasn't even just audio. You could choose to have it read to you, but but you get an alert every day that says, hey, you know, don't forget to read read today's Bible, whatever, you know. And so you can either read it, scroll through and read it physically, or you can have it read to you. And I know there was a lot of times when we were about to get on a plane and we're like, oh, make sure you got that downloaded, you know, because if you wanted to listen to it <laughs> or we'd read it real fast before we'd go. But when we when we finished reading the Bible, listening to it, whatever, how we did on the app, we both missed it. We were like, Aww. we've been doing this for a year. And sometimes you'd get behind. You'd miss a day for whatever reason. Or sometimes I'd go ahead. You know, it was like, wait, I'm, I'm into this. I want to read more of the this chapter and you can always do that but um yeah we missed it because we we are creatures of habit and we got in the habit of listening to that every single day pretty much you know almost every day for a year and missed it after that but i had one more suggestion for you michael um i am big into listening to the um 
Passion City DC podcast. And I find myself whenever I'm going to go on a 30 minute, 40 minute drive, I'll open the app and, and get that rolling as I, as I, I head out on the drive. And, uh, and it's just awesome. Sometimes I'll listen For to sure. two or three, especially if I'm going dry, a lot of driving that day. Yeah. And that, if you're listening to this podcast, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Maggie. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, in regards to the whole, the statement of in a year from now, I can either have read the Bible or not. I relate to that so much. I literally had that thought when I was, I started a new book recently um, and I read the first few pages and I thought, ah, I'm not, I'm not loving it, but I want to get back into reading. And, and I had the thought, I said, if I just keep reading words on this page, I'm going to finish this book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I fully can do this. <laughs> it's just, it's just a matter of will. Yep. Good job. Yeah. No, what I was going to say is if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're like, ah, the Bible isn't my thing. I don't want to check it. You know, and that's not really where I feel motivated to read or to spend my time in daily discipline. That's fair. You might want to check it out. Some good stuff. It's been around for a while, but, um, but in general, just daily disciplines and taking that time out to do something that, um, you know, allows you to reclaim a portion of your day. I, I saw a speaker yesterday, Tim Richardson, who's a friend of mine. He spoke at our NSA Georgia chapter, National Speakers Association Georgia chapter. And Tim, his whole thing was about the power of the pause. And, you know, honestly, I didn't expect it to be a really content-rich, like heavy-hitting speech because you think power of the pause. Okay. I kind of get it. Take time, take time out or take pause when you're speaking. I kind of anticipated that, but literally he, he broke it down to the, the meaning of, you know, the, I would call the space between the throws and catches or like, you know, the, the, the pause before you do something meaningful, you do something important. And a point he made was <clears throat> like, literally there's not one human like action or intention that could not be made better by an intentional pause. I mean, think about it. Like you're gonna kiss, you're gonna kiss your wife. You're going to have a conversation. You're going to look at a sunset. You're going to, you know, tackle that that job. Do a speech. Whatever it is, it's like that moment before you do it is so critical in terms of, you know, doing it on your terms and with the right mindset and intention. So I thought that was really great. We can tie that into this day as well into Michael's question. So yeah, there you go. Speaking of disciplines, mom, dad mm -hmm. sent me uh, some pictures of old schoolwork of mine that he found. Yeah, that, was, that, was that was two pages of a timeline. I think it was probably my AP US history. Yeah. I yeah. think it was all US history. Um, and so like from the Mayflower to present day, it was just covered in years and events that I was, I had to memorize. And I literally told dad, I said, geez, like how is any kid supposed to look at that and say, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I got it. Cause I'll tell you, I don't remember any of that now. I couldn't. They were <laughs> color coded. Color coded yeah, periods it of time that were yeah. overlapping. It was really well done. It was you very put in well a lot done. of time on that. And I told Dad, I was like, I, I don't think I, I didn't do very well on that overall AP US exam. <laughs> oh, you mean when you took the uh, um, the, the AP. AP test? 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you, well, never mind. What? <laughs> I don't what, think you mom? studied as you went along. You decided I, to study like the day before. Well, it was also, we had some very interesting aspects of how, how AP classes can be taught two ways. They can be taught to learn and to kind of have an understanding, like especially APUS, an understanding for like the United States and how it came about and that applying to current things. And I feel like our class really did a good job of that, especially on the current conversations. We like love to talk about that and where they came from. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can have an AP class that teaches you to pass an exam. Right. I'm not saying that. That's that's actually the sad thing is I can't say which is better because at the end of the day, a lot of colleges aren't going to let you in unless... You've got fours or fives on these AP exams, but I guess at so. the same time, did you really learn anything or did you, I don't know, man. I, you know, a lot of that information, I, I don't really, certainly don't retain dates as much as stories. I think people really remember stories and they're emotionally moved by stories. And I had a great history teacher who really brought U.S. history alive to me. And, you know, he would tell these stories from the standpoint of, like it was like the U.S. was like a rebellious child and against the their parents, you know, and in mm-hmm. Great Britain and 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 I, I mean I don't know I just remember some of the stories and some of the details, but more the emotion and the fact that he really made it interesting and captivating. And at least for that time, I could retain what was taught on those tests. Uh, it wasn't an AP class, so I don't think I have that experience, but. Um, nonetheless, you guys both did great. I, it also made me, seeing that assignment, made me remember one of Eddie's assignments when he had to read a book and annotate different aspects of the book, and he was looking for examples. I can't even remember exactly what it is. As he's editing this podcast, he's, he's remembering exactly what I talk about <laughs> because Eddie turned in another book, like this, yes, uh, this, this yeah. binder of like hundreds or a thousand different notes that were like thought through and and detailed because he interpreted the assignment literally and the teacher was just like i didn't expect you to do that yeah like uh, it was just not did like 10 times more detail oh, and least. information than they expected and but eddie is a voracious reader and so for him to you know and and that was another thing maggie i came across one of eddie's writing journals uh or reading well it was what it was in like fourth grade, the teacher had a, a composition book and she said, we will write letters to each other throughout this semester based on the books. So he would read something and then he would tell her about it. And then she would write back and say, wow, that's really interesting. But what about this or whatever? And I, I was blown away by his descriptions and stuff the way he could summarize books in like fourth grade and i hope he'll be okay with letting us read some of that on the (laughs) podcast coming up because i was i was taken off track of uh of packing because i got into reading about five different stories that he talked about man it's awesome speaking of history though queen died how's everyone feeling oh i mean it's (laughs) Knew it was going to happen, you know? <laughs> but I didn't. I told my friends, I was like, I feel a little blindsided <laughs> by this one. Like, it's just something I didn't expect to happen. Well, I was like, it's, it's I weird. People either are really, emo- people 96. are really either invested in the royal family and the story, or 
completely like indifferent to it. It, it yeah. doesn't have a bearing on our lives at all. It's it's interesting, and and certainly what Queen Elizabeth I find that she was in the resp- in the sense of how she represented her country as a monarch and stayed up out of the realm of politics, but she was just all about England and all about you know the tradition and the of of what a queen should be and being you know representing the essence of I guess that what that royalty Essex. was like. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Essex. It's pronounced Essex. It was a joke. Oh, Essex. Yes, I get you. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, in yeah. what a life. To to how old was she when she became queen? She was a teenager. I thought she was 16. 16, 17, no. something like that. No, I don't think she was 16. No? We can definitely find it out. I literally yeah. have not. The, the only reason I knew was because we got an email whenever the neighborhood, our old neighborhood, which I can't remember the name of our old neighborhood, but... Um, <laughs> Thankfully, everyone who listens to this podcast can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, They send an email whenever the uh, flag at the clubhouse is at half mast. And so, and they tell why. And that's, I I saw the email and that's, I've been just too busy. I haven't looked at the news. I haven't looked at uh, online news, anything. And so I'm just going by memory. But I thought she either arose at 16 she was, she was young. probably 18 probably 18 she probably at 16 was too young to rule my guess is 19 or 25 I, I um so. but my i um i saw tiktok and this is the thing that like weirdly made me emotional was it was a picture of her and the woman who plays the mom in the parent trap and the woman who plays the mom in the parent trap was like had her hand and was curtsying as they were meeting or seeing each other and that mom holds like a really dear place in my heart i'm not sure why mm-hmm. i think just because i loved that movie so much but she Great passed movie. away yeah. a while ago and yes. so i don't know that that picture made me emotional <laughs> yeah no that was really sad um yeah she she was on the throne 70 years in june of 2022 so she was 26 I was so close. I said 25. She was 26? Yeah. Wow, I did not think it was that old. Uh, I thought she was younger as well. But that's that's remarkable. And Natasha Richardson is who you were talking about, Maggie. Yes, Natasha Richardson. Yeah. I just felt like we had to talk about it. It was such a... Yeah. (laughs) Such a... Such a big thing to have happened. Oh, my gosh. But there's... Didn't you go to (laughs) England right after Princess Princess Diana Diana died? Yes. Right after... um, we had this trip planned with Dan's mom and sisters and a friend of theirs, Anna Turek, who ended up being my roommate a lot of the time. We got along great. Um, but it was right after she died. And so everywhere we went, there was just uh, flowers like I'd never seen anywhere. Now, since then, other people have, you know, lay flowers at a site of somebody's death or something. But it was literally like at Harrods, which uh what was his name? Dodi Fayad? Anyway, uh, out front of Herod's, he was, uh, his family owned that. It was almost five feet tall and went like at least one or two sides of the building where they just kept piling and piling on flowers and all around um, the uh, palace that she lived in. And now I'm drawing a blank on that too. Um, Yeah, it was, in fact, we, uh, 
we got we took a tour of Westminster Abbey where she was married and where she was laid to rest just literally I think two or three days before I think two days before we got there and took this tour and because we took the tour with the Abbey um they actually at the end of the tour she said hang on one second and she went and she got some carnations and she gave us each a carnation and she said this is from diana's funeral oh wow! and because they still had these some flowers there and because you know like the regular tours weren't weren't didn't have access to that and we were just you know didn't know didn't expect that but i was really surprised at how hard that hit me not even just going over there but just finding out in the first place because she truly was the queen of hearts to Mm. so many people around the world um anyway yeah i still have that pressed in a uh, scrapbook yeah i um I found out about the queen on TikTok. Oh yeah. yeah. Which which I hate that that's how I find out about so much of my news, but I'm actually this isn't even super new. I've been just on a royal side of TikTok with these people just kind of breaking down like, oh, Meghan Markle wore this outside today. This is a reference to this. And this is a reference to this and the the prince and princess now crowned and like spotted together and like what that means and so now I have all this terminology talking about royalists and anti royalists and the clashes when I've never even been to England I <laughs> I'm I'm chilling on on the other side of the ocean but what's the relationship between the the English royalty and the royalty from Genovia that's what I want to know and how often do they get yeah. together to so that's connect actually when- that's a common a common question because when you watch the cert there's a docu-series on this i believe um and when you watch said docu-series there's two of them um half of the people have british accents and half have american accents (laughs) and so people are Mm. often very very confused yes um Interesting. And honestly i don't feel like i can comment on it at the moment just because as someone new to the space, I would prefer to give the experts more time to <laughs> process the Genovian, British, yeah. American bloodline yeah. into that <laughs> sector of the world. That's, yeah. that's wise. Um, and if by chance we said Queen Diana, which I don't think you no, did. No, we didn't. But princess. No, we said Princess Diana. Diana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For some reason. You I was said Queen of Hearts, said, but that, that was a common yeah, thing. Yeah, Queen of Hearts. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, you said the Queen was, of Hearts because yeah, she captured it. That's what yeah. they called her. Yeah. Yeah, she be was, careful, Queen Mom. Elizabeth was the Queen of England, but she was the Queen of Hearts. There was a little yep. conflict between the two of them. Yeah. 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 And I Diana can send you guys some the, TikToks. <laughs> she was the rebellious one who was kind of like pushing the boundaries back then. Yeah, but Ooh, even still, like, her... like pushing the boundaries by just wanting to get out there and, and help people. And, yes. um, you know, she, she had her some Her revenge awesome dress. Do you guys know the revenge dress I'm talking about? No. Uh uh-uh. Oh, that's like an iconic thing. I've seen multiple TikToks about this very, very recently of after her husband, I don't know, they weren't exes at the time, he publicly announced that he cheated on her um, while she was in public. Um, everyone thought she was going to go into hiding and she pulls up and she gets out of a car and she's in this... beautiful black dress and she gets out and someone takes her hand and she just walks across the courtyard and everyone's like she's so hot (laughs) and even just the short hairdo at the time that it was Mm -hmm. it was very untraditional iconic Um, i don't know how much of it was was 
everybody else versus what was really going on, but who knows? Oh, we'll I think never part know. Of the I, haven't, I haven't read all the books, <laughs> and I won't. Back to um, kind of just royalty in general. I think part of the fascination is tradition. As, as, mm-hmm. more, as much as things change and how um, you know, people send, tend to redefine and push back on, oh, traditional values, traditional everything, traditional, throw it all away. We're starting anew. We're the young generation, whatever. It's like I've always been a traditionalist in the sense of not just values and structure of like what, what's good and family and stability, and, and, but I've always been fascinated by where things come from and the fact that, you know, when you, when you realize no matter how long you live, if you live 100 years, great life, you're one of the oldest people who ever did it, right? You're still only living 100 years of human history, and there's so much that came before you and so much that came after you. And when you realize you participate in this flow, I get really fascinated about like who who started that and who created that and where did this come from. Um, I'm real. I mean, I, I'm taking that to an extreme now, even with disc golf courses. And I'm playing my disc golf courses, and I go to these different places. Oh I just want to know, like, who thought this? Obsession. Who, who thought this up? Like, who who is who had the inspiration for this particular course? Who thought through all these different holes? I want to know. I want to yeah. know these people. I mean, I think I've I've always had a fascination with history, just in general. Same. Even in in school, subs would show. I remember this um, videos of archaeologists going through the pyramids and stuff like that. And, you know, royal castles and everything. I've always loved touring castles. We did that in Germany. I think we t- toured the Biltmore. I know that's not a, a castle. Maybe it's a castle. It's an oh, American it was really castle. big. It was really, really big. <laughs> yeah, it's big. Um, but I love that. I eat that up. And so yeah. I'm not shocked that I, I am quite entertained and interested in, like, British monarch history. But... I would love yeah, to take you guys to um, Egypt and in, inside the pyramids. I got to go inside the pyramids with Mike Vondruska and my buddy and John Goddard. That was awesome. And I loved it. Learned so much. You, you know how you, you go through on some experiences where you just learn and learn and learn and learn. And eventually you've reached, you've reached this saturation point. You're like, I cannot retain any more information. Like, I'm just going through the motions now. That's kind of how it was. Yeah. But it was fascinating yeah, just to be there. When you're doing it all at one time as yes. opposed well, to as, getting to study it over. Yeah. As kind the as that Egyptian offer is. disc golf courses are amazing. <laughs> yes. As kind right. as that offer is, I have already toured it on VR on YouTube. So. Oh, same thing. Wow. Same thing. Yeah. I don't know if you were able to get to all the places I was. I went down a really, a really steep area. <laughs> <laughs> oh man were you scared so, i was a little scared it was kind of dark i i tried to see if anyone could turn on lights but they, nobody nobody answered um gotcha that was weird but maybe maybe i could be persuaded into touring the pyramids in egypt <laughs> <laughs> well and, before we tour anything in egypt we have to go tour uh get to go tour um i'm going to dallas tomorrow for a speech there <laughs> I love touring I, Dallas. Yes, I'm going to tour a ballroom and then a stage oh, cool. and then a and then a Uber and then another maybe hotel. an airport. An airport for sure. Oh, awesome! And and maybe an upgraded Score. seat. I'm hoping. And then I meet your mama in Reno mm-hmm. and do a speech there on Tuesday, and then we get to hang out with Eddie and Morgan. Yay! It's going to be awesome. See their mm-hmm. see their digs, 
and go look at Lake Tahoe and spend a couple of days hanging out and mainly getting away from all of our cluttered boxes of stuff. Yeah, Man. but the only problem is that when we come back, guess what? Those boxes are still going to be where we left them. We need some some uh, house elves who yeah, can we do. put it all away for us. That'd be Maybe lovely. Maybe a porch well, night. I, I will be looking forward a to the week night. after, too. So first we get to enjoy... Uh, some R and R. Well, I do mostly um, with Eddie and Morgan. You got to do a little work, and then when we get back, you, you go away again, and yeah. I get to be the house elf unpacking the boxes without you. So I I'm get to love decide that. where everything goes. So I get to go away and then come back and have it be organized. I love that. Yes, I do too. Actually, get out well, of my way. Let me do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like but you has- guys have a lot coming up. It has been fun to go through all our old stuff and all your old stuff and Eddie's stuff and make decisions about what we're keeping and what we're not keeping. And I hate those texts. I hate getting a text <sighs> saying. I'm sorry. I was going to say, keep, like, keep our or whole... get rid of. <laughs> I know. I said, Maggie, all, like, so many different things. Like, or just but we, having, all, having a you day. You do have all your then... stuffed animals. It'll be over, though. We will get to the end of this thing sometime. Yeah, which you're speaking of. All... All the stuff you said to keep, though, when Just you get kidding. here, guess what? All those boxes are in your room. So you're going to get to go <laughs> through them and go, oh, just throw it out. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of getting to the end of things. Yes. Yes. This has been I great. I think it's been a great podcast. And, you know, thank you for coming on the journey with us. So if you'd like to be like Michael and ask us a question, which we could answer on the podcast, go to wholesomechaos.com. Real easy to ask us a question or suggest a topic right there. You can also see a lot of other great information and more about us. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week. I love you, Maggie. Love you guys. Love you too. And we love you, everyone. Take care. Have a great week. Bye. something when you started talking about port the porch night story i fully thought that there was going to be some story about an amazon delivery person or someone getting terrified by the six foot tall silver plated knight next to the door or, <laughs> or the dad had an idea to put on the costume and stand on yeah. the porch all day long yeah and then waiting for a, a potential ups delivery that never came and he got massively dehydrated and had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh my gosh! I wonder if <laughs> you yeah, that never happened. I wonder if you stood out there. Uh, we t- we already took the night off the porch this morning. We were like, oh, we got to take it off before we go out of town, you know, and like end up in trouble. But what if you dressed like a knight and you just stood out there? Would we get a letter? <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> oh, I no. bought it. Mission accepted. No. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 